She Sheds Real Light with Crystal Fry and Susan Price. And today's episode is It's Okay to Have Jesus and a Therapist Too with guest host Sarah Coates, licensed clinical mental health counselor, practice owner of 180 Counseling at five North Carolina locations where their mission is to help others turn their lives around and host of the Turn Your Life Around podcast that's launching in October. We are so excited to have her here with us today, but before we get started, we wanted to let you know that this episode comes with a trigger warning as we will be discussing mental health and possible suicide. Welcome, Sarah, and thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're glad you're here. Yes, we are. Um, So I would start off with a question. At what point did you realize you wanted to become a counselor, and what was your initial why? Um, My initial why. So this takes me way back. (laughs) Uh, I always loved working with kids. Um, I used to coach a lot of cheerleading back in the day. And um, so after I graduated, I uh, actually got a, my undergrad was in marketing, mass media communications. And so I did a little, little work in that area and realized I don't want to do that forever. So um, knowing that I loved kids, I thought, well, I'll go and um, I think I'm going to get my master's in education and teach English because I loved English and love kids so I thought well, I'll go teach so I went to school um I have basically a half a degree in uh English and then <laughs> I never used it because I got halfway in and took a counseling elective and I was like oh I like that you know and so then I took another counseling class and that's when I realized I'm going to switch my track so I was actually at Campbell getting my master's and decided to go into counseling um school counseling actually and so I worked as a school counselor for a number of years uh, awesome. middle school oh and um I know <laughs> that's that deep I mean you gotta like it to work yeah. in middle school which I did I like I've always loved that age because uh, I feel like they're still moldable, you know. High schoolers, let's just be honest, they already think they know it, yep. yeah. everything. And so, but middle schoolers, they sort of think they do, but they know they don't, right? Yeah. They still need you. And so, um, so anyway, so I was a school counselor for a few years, but also doing that, I wasn't doing enough, enough counseling. It was a lot of administrative stuff, testing, that sort of thing. So that's when I started pursuing these certifications to, you know, do private practice and become a licensed therapist and mm. do something different and so um that's just been my path and then I stepped out and started doing some private practice um and it's all gone uphill from there I guess <laughs> better than downhill <laughs> yeah right that's pretty awesome so when you stepped out to actually go into counseling and you fit you like found out that this is where your passion was was it because something that you had gone through was it because and this Maybe a trigger, but yes, is it something yeah. that, you know, and you were like, I would really like to help. Because I know that, you know, I've been through teenage pregnancy and I've been through mm-hmm. um, domestic violence. And so I know for me, going out and helping those same individuals, like it brings like mm-hmm. a lot of just passion to my own heart or like a lot, I have a lot of love for that, we'll mm-hmm. say. So what was your thing if there was something? I think it was, for me, it was more about uh, just enjoying encouraging people and I mean I'm a cheerleader at heart I've always been a cheerleader I still am basically without the skirt and pom-poms right <laughs> I mean you know so I mean, we can get you I mean, <laughs> that was a lot of pounds before but anyways um you know I think 
a lot of therapy is encouragement. Mm -hmm. Um, Not all of it, obviously, but nobody wants to go to a therapist who isn't going to be somehow encouraging, giving them some hope, you know, things are going to get better, and here are the tools to do that, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think me going into counseling was, A, just God's calling on my life. And then, um, you know, it just comes out of a place of wanting to help and encourage other people. So, like, kind of a natural deviation, sort of, uh, of... um, being a cheerleader and moving into and you know cheering people on. I like in their it. Life. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about um, kind of I would say almost like the ministry that you have with counseling, or tell us a little bit about um, why it's okay to have mm-hmm. Jesus in a therapist too. <clears throat> yeah, um, I think it's awesome. This you know I found this mug. Yes. <laughs> And I have the t-shirt, too. I had to buy both. But because I love coffee, I bought the mug first. But, um, yeah, of course, you know how Facebook, social media, they send you the little commercials and entice you to buy things. And so something came across. And um, I will put a little plug in there because, obviously, I didn't make this mug or make up this saying, right? So for copyright, the happy givers. Okay. That's the website where you can order the stuff. And so I think, I don't know if they slogan that or whatever, but... um, That's very near and dear to my heart, you know, that you can have Jesus and a therapist too. Um, As a Christian, I think that there are a lot in Christian evangelical circles and churches that very much still believe that counseling is unnecessary, or if you have a problem, you can only go to the pastor about it, Mm -hmm. or, but you really shouldn't even go to him. Like, just pray about it. Jesus will take care of it all end of story, yeah. which I very much believe Jesus can take care of it. I right. mean, you know, so I'm not negating that, but I do very much believe that you can have Jesus and a therapist too. You know, you can be a Christian um, and you can seek outside counsel, mm-hmm. you know, bottom line. So um, we're very, I'm very passionate about that. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of stigma behind it. Tell them a little mm-hmm. bit about the slogan. I don't know if you came up with it, but it's something that you say often that yeah. you stick to a lot. Um, what the strong people talk about it? Yeah, yeah. So actually, that's funny. I was getting a pedicure one day, <laughs> and, and um, uh, just thinking. My brain is always thinking, and um, I had seen uh, actually someone in our practice had a really cool T-shirt on, and it had like a slogan. And I thought, oh my gosh, one eighty needs T-shirts. And we need a slogan. So I'm getting a pedicure and I'm thinking about what could our slogan be? And it just popped in my head. Strong people talk about it. And um, yeah, squash the stigma because I think that's huge. Um, You know, even the year we're currently living in, Mm -hmm. people um, still, I mean, mental health is so much on the forefront now, but in the past, it's been stigmatized Mm -hmm. about seeking out treatment, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, but even more so since we are talking about Christianity and within the confines of a church, it's stigmatized, I think, in a lot of churches too. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Um, why do I think that is? <laughs> I, I think that there's still this idea um, that, you know, if you have any kind of mental health struggle, mm-hmm. struggle that that is a sin. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a sin to have anxiety because the Bible says, you know, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself, blah, 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 you know. And Mm -hmm. although that scripture is 100% truth, uh, we're still human, you know. God gave us all these emotions. Anxiety is still an emotion. Mm -hmm. 
Fear is an emotion. Mm-hmm. And just because you have Jesus in your heart and you're trying to walk with him doesn't mean you're going to exper- not experience fear. Right. right. And so experiencing the human emotions that God wired us with mm-hmm. cannot possibly be sin. And so I think a lot of churches still perpetuate that myth that, you know, experiencing depression is a sin. Well, you just right. have too much sin in your life. You're not praying enough. Mm-hmm yada yada and um i just think i think that's complete fallacy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well i mean even though the bible says you know don't worry about tomorrow it always it also says you know seek wise, wise counsel and so um i think when sometimes you can't when you're in the midst of something really understand it to the capacity of just walking through with it with Mm -hmm. someone else and that wise counsel. And that's why it's so important to seek, I think, biblical counseling Mm -hmm. so that they can walk you through it too, as in a scripture based of like, this is what the Bible says. But then I also think that it's important for us as a Christian to also know for ourselves what that scripture means and what it says. But um, I think walking through something like that with someone and personally, you know, I know times in my life that if I would have had someone to walk Mm -hmm. through that with and have that wise counsel of an elder or something, it would have been a lot easier, I would say. Um, Not that I didn't have Jesus. I was saved, you know, but did I know exactly how I should go through this or I had never been through it before. And so I think that it is okay. Uh, We've said it before Mm -hmm. to be on medication if you need to. You know, sometimes we do have chemical imbalances and sometimes it's for a season. Sometimes it could be for forever. We don't know. But um, I I totally agree with you when it comes to that. Well, and I think a a lot of times, too, um, people just in general carry a lot of shame. Yeah. But then you try to transfer that to the church circles, Mm -hmm. right? And so... It's always come as you are. But if you really come as you are, eh, they might kick you out of the building. Right. I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, hopefully not. But, you yeah. know. I mean, <laughs> and so I think people carry so much shame that even in, you know, in churches and church groups, small groups, they are afraid and feel mm-hmm. shame to say, hey, this is what's really going on behind mm-hmm. closed doors. Or this is what I'm really struggling with. Mm-hmm. Especially really hot topics like pornography mm-hmm. and suicide. Um, you know, Christians don't want to admit or talk about that for fear of judgment. Yeah. And um, and then they just continue to carry the shame. And um, so, of course, that's why I think it's very healthy to have some therapy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've dealt with depression since high school. And so I know for me, growing up in a Christian home, going to church, it was not that my church really look down on it I don't guess but it was just not talked about it was just something you didn't talk about Mm -hmm. and it was almost like we have this cover of who we are we're a Christian family and we go to church and we seek God and we walk with God and nothing's wrong we're saved you know all together and that yeah exactly and so that's kind of how I grew up and not that anybody intentionally did that but it was just kind of like how it was it's just how Christianity was in that Mm -hmm. moment where I grew up in the church I grew up in and so while the people there were, were great I don't feel like I was given the guidance, so to speak, mm-hmm. that I needed, which I'm sure there's plenty of churches that have done that. And so I know for me, I grew up and I did. I f- it made you feel ashamed that you felt a certain way. Like, why do I feel this way? Why can't I be happy? Why am I sad? Why do I feel like staying home and not going out? Why do I just want to push the people away that are trying to be there for me? But then you start shaming yourself and you're upset with yourself and all the questions going through your mind. And so you don't talk about it because you're worried somebody's going to look down on it. Mm-hmm. And so I remember, well, let's see, three years ago when I came to a meeting for 341, that was my 
that was my moment where it was like I surrender. I remember standing there and we had to write on a, I think it was a piece of paper and put it at the cross. Like, what are you surrendering? And I remember writing depression. Now, I did surrender it over, and while I still struggle with it, it's been much better, you know, much right. better. But I am on medication, too. And for me, if I come off medication, I'm okay for a while. But then it's like a month, two months down the road, I can mm-hmm. feel it creeping back in. And I'm like, oh, I got to go back on medication. You know, some people just can't function without it, so to speak. And that's okay. Well, you know? I, yeah, and I always think about it. I, and I often say to my own clients, um, you know, the whole topic of medication. Yes, it's a personal choice, but mm-hmm. if you have a child that is a diabetic and they need insulin, are you going to withhold that? No, yeah. you know. And God mm-hmm. put a calling on somebody else's head to help develop that medication yes. to help other people. And so, you know, when when sometimes people think that you can't have Jesus and a therapist, <laughs> you know, it it. it it, it offends me a little bit because I think, well, I know God put a calling on my head to do what I'm doing right. and to be in the place and time that I'm in um, doing what I'm doing. And so how can you deny that somebody else has a calling right. on their head to produce whatever right. is going to help people in that direction, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, we to judge you for what God told you to do. Like right. we can't. It's almost like when you tell somebody, God's called me to this kind of like when I came to my job, mm-hmm. you know, like. God told you that? Yeah, God told me that. I know I sound crazy, mm-hmm. but God told me this is what I'm supposed to do. And it's almost like, okay. But they're judging you based off of what you're saying God told you to do. And so that happens a lot in the Christian yeah. life, too. And so that's another struggle I think we have to deal with. Right. I think when you were sitting there talking just a second ago, though, in my head I was going through, why is it that we have that stigma and why is it that you know we go in church doors you know I go to church every Sunday and why is it that we go in there and we think like we have to feel this shame we have to feel this guilt we have to feel these things and for me too is I I think you know growing up and I didn't go to church every Sunday we were there in and out you know we didn't that was just not something that we did but um thinking about it just wasn't talked about you know like it wasn't on the so if somebody's not talking about that and I don't feel comfortable I'm not going to talk about it like I'm not going to just be like oh by the way yes I was dealing with pornography or something you know what I mean like you're not just going to openly be like this is what I've dealt with Mm -hmm. you know to say and so I think that that's one of those reasons that we don't feel so comfortable voicing that but then when you have someone that you feel comfortable with and you have someone who is giving you the wisdom and and with with what you need and also you're praying and you're in Mm -hmm. scripture and you know what the bible says but you also have that wise counsel you're more open to saying like this is what I'm struggling with. This mm-hmm. this is what I'm going through, um, and I and that's just I mean it's just so needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you make a good point that it's probably still not talked about enough in churches, right? Um, you know, the issue of mental health. I mean, how many mm-hmm. preachers get up and preach about mental health? Right. I mean, I, I can think of two in the whole you know my whole life going to church. I have <laughs> yeah. actually talked about it and promoted um, seeking out some professional counseling. Um, and you know, as a, as a licensed therapist, clinical mental health counselor, it's such a mouthful, but as a licensed therapist, you know, I very much integrate my worldview, my Christian Mm -hmm. worldview, um, and psychology, right? So I've got all these tools to help people Mm -hmm. and I can integrate that with my Christian worldview. And Mm -hmm. you basically are combining 
Jesus and, you know, psychological tools, right. coping skills, all those good things. I mean, what a wonderful co- uh, combination you yeah. know, to really help someone move forward. Because mm-hmm. certainly prayer can yeah. help somebody move forward Absolutely. if that's God's plan and design in that moment. But yeah. it might be God's plan and design for them to partner with a helper mm-hmm. who can then give them a whole host of other schools skills you know but we also know sorry mm-hmm. but we also know that he sends people yeah to you yeah. and he can speak through other people and so mm-hmm. that's something huge but how do you speak about something say a pastor or anybody how do you speak about something if you haven't been through it like that's a huge thing you know like yeah I, I haven't really dealt with depression and it's all entirely. So I don't know how to speak from that. But what I do know is those things that I have dealt with and that's how I can impact and that's how I can speak from that place. But you know, some people haven't been through that. But then these counselors who have walked through schooling or walked through how to give this wisdom and how to go look at scripture and how to base this off of those things, they've they've been there they know and maybe technically they haven't been through depression or anxiety or domestic violence or pornography or any of these things and maybe they have but they can speak from that and I, i'm pretty sure that a lot of these counselors have things that they specific specifically oh, yeah. go to and that's mm-hmm. either because they know because of their own heart or because that's what they focus on yeah. because that's where they were pulled to and that was their passion from. So I think that's a huge thing too is like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to speak or I'm not going to be as passionate about something that I don't really know much about. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. Most therapists specialize in mm-hmm. something. I mean, we can... We can see a lot of different things and help in a lot of different ways. But most people have their their path, you know, their handful of treatment areas. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're right. I mean, but also on the same hand, um, I mean, certainly not every therapist can experience every disorder or struggle out Mm -hmm. there. So there are a lot of times where just by experience of walking with other people who have maybe, say, domestic violence, you know, you've walked with somebody down that path before, so now you have new skills to share with someone right. else, mm-hmm. um, even though that might not have been a personal experience for the therapist. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For myself, I know I had to literally sit down and like write things out, like, why, why am I dealing with this? A certain, like, why does this bother me? So I wanted to ask you a question. So for me, it was getting to the root, getting to the source of the problem. Is that something you do with therapy and counseling, is getting to the root of what's causing the issues to begin with? Absolutely. And, you know, uh, as a trauma therapist, through my lens, it's always trauma of some sort. Um, Trauma is any unhealed wound or any adverse life event. Mm -hmm. So if you look at it that way, trauma does not have to be a near-death experience. It can be literally any unhealed wound. um, And a lot of us have unhealed wounds from childhood Mm -hmm. that will then, when we become adolescents and adults, transfer into some sort of depressive diagnosis, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of grief and trauma that is the root of yeah. a lot of mental health struggles. Yeah. yeah, that's good. So when you're getting, say, for instance, someone comes in and you get to the root or you're trying to get to the root, explain a little bit to us because I'd, I'd like to know personally because I feel like it takes a lot for someone to actually be able to identify that. Mm. Um, so explain to us, like, kind of like the steps that you kind of go through to try and, like, get mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know, get that out. Well, the biggest part of um, therapy is the therapeutic relationship, mm-hmm. right? So 
I don't know anyone who's just going to sit down at the table and open up and spill their whole life story to a stranger, right? So the whole first several sessions is just building rapport, gaining your client's trust. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, when I have clients who are Christians sitting in front of me, we naturally have a foundation of trust because we both are believers. Right. So that's nice. You know, that's those are like almost easy in a sense as far as building rapport and trust because we can talk about our faith and share some of those experiences. Yeah. And then you feel aligned with that that person or the, the client feels more aligned with you. Um, so that's that's like the biggest part, that's you good. know, is building trust and alliance with the therapist. Um, and then once you start to do that, Therapists have a way of just sitting mm-hmm. and letting the client just unfold when they're ready. Um, I remember back in grad school, often the um, analogy is like peeling an onion, right? And so it's just like peeling it back layer by layer, session mm-hmm. after session, until you get to the root, mm-hmm. you know, the heart of it. Um, and that takes time. So therapy is not a quick fix. Right. You know, definitely a prescribed medication. You take it 10 to 14 days, you're going to feel a little boost. I mean, that's just the nature of medication. Therapy is not that fast, Mm -hmm. you know, and it does take time to build rapport and trust and time to peel back those layers Mm -hmm. and get to the root. Um, But it's so wonderful once you get there. (laughs) Right, right. And you can feel freedom from it because I think that's the most important thing. You know, you speak about trust, but in any relationship too, like, I'm not going to just open up to anybody, not just even a counselor, if I don't trust you. And I'm like, you know, I'm big on that. Like, if I don't trust you, like, you're not getting a lot. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, like, if I feel a connection or I mm-hmm. feel like I can trust you, then I, I'm going to open up. And so I think not just with counseling, that's huge in any relationship mm-hmm. that we focus on or that we get into or whatnot. So that's a good way to look at mm-hmm. that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any specific scriptures that you go to when you're doing like biblical counseling or Christian-based counseling? So speaking of biblical, so there is a difference between biblical counselors. um, There are people who are seminary trained and they're biblical counselors. And all they do is reference scripture, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that is one kind of faith-based kind of uh, biblical counseling. So that's not the nature of my work as a therapist. Um, I lean very heavily on the therapeutic relationship. I mean, I will say, admittedly, I cannot just sit here and quote scripture. I mean, if you give me a minute, I can sit and think, and then I'll pull it to my head. But, you know, if I'm in a natural dialogue with with a client, um, most of the time I'm just not going to be able to do that. Um, what we might do is say, hey, let's, you know, let's go to Ephesians and let's look at this. And why don't you study that this week? And let's come back and discuss that or Proverbs or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I deal with a lot of clients with anxiety. Mm -hmm. So all the scriptures you can think of about, you know, I mean, Matthew, what is it, 633, I think. Don't, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But, you know, (laughs) don't worry about tomorrow. You know, that's one of my favorites. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. Let's just focus on today because Mm -hmm. today is all we've got at this minute. So let's just focus on that and see what we can do. I mean, that's certainly a Mm -hmm. go-to. One day at a time. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of like referencing. Sometimes you, you know, like having that rapport and having that relationship with someone, you also are referencing stuff that has impacted you or that you think in that moment. So I think anytime just referencing, being able to reference scripture um, is helpful Mm -hmm. at any time. So Um, I was going to go back to what Susan was saying about biblical counseling. And then, you know, I think there's like three layers. There's biblical counselors. Mm -hmm. And then there are therapists who are Christians and can reference scripture and can really 
talk the language, so to speak, with their client, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and know that you both have the same salvation kind of experiences and, and are on the same level. And then there's certainly other therapists who are more spiritually integrated or faith-based, and they are able to help guide people with any faith, Jewish, mm-hmm. Muslim, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that people who are searching out a therapist, they need to kind of know what, what, what they're looking for, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, what um, level that they're looking for. Because, like, I know some biblically trained counselors, and they're great, but they are not trained in psychology. I mean, they mm-hmm. do not fully have the training to go deep into diagnosing psychological disorders. Right. So it's just a different, you know, kind yeah. of um, perspective. That's good to know because I don't think I knew all of that either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What um, Can you share with us a time that really impacted you in counseling? For starters, what I found, especially when I first got into this field, is I didn't advertise myself as a Christian counselor because I very much felt like when God called me to this and then when he called me to open up 180 Counseling, mm-hmm. that it was not a place that was exclusively Christian counseling. My belief that I feel like God has always put on my heart about that is if you are only that, then it closes the doors to anybody who is still seeking. And there are certainly wonderful Christian counseling places, right? And that's all they do. And people go there and they know that's what they're walking into. I've always felt that 180 is a place for anybody of any walk of life to find mm-hmm. the mental health treatment that they need. Mm-hmm. So we are very diverse. I yeah. mean, there are a lot of therapists in my practice who don't identify as Christian, who might be, blah, blah. I mean, we're just all over the place because we are trying to reach mm-hmm. as many people as possible. Um, but what I've always noticed, uh, especially when I first got into this field, is without um, advertising that, clients who were Christians would, would come to the door, you know, mm-hmm. and you're trained back in the day. We are trained not to, you don't talk about spirituality and you don't talk about God. That's, there's no place for that in the therapy room, which thankfully that's all shifted because yeah. people are very much spiritual people and they, you know, they have, a lot of people have a faith of some sort. So anyhow, um, but I've always, I always noticed that Christians would end up coming to me without even me you know, advertising, um, such. And to me, that was just God, you Mm -hmm. know, opening the door for them to find someone who can walk alongside them. Um, but I think about a client I had one time, um, and probably the most powerful statement. Um, she, she actually bought me this plaque and she wrote on the back of it. I think the plaque said like, um, inhale, exhale or something like that. Mm -hmm. Breathe in or breathe out. I can't remember, but she wrote on the back and she said, thank you for helping me breathe for the first time. Oh, wow. wow. Right. And I was like, ah, you know, I know (laughs) it's so powerful. Yeah. And, um, you know, that it made me think so many people are figuratively just holding their breath, just trying to get through. That's good. And so, um, yeah, that was pretty powerful. Wow, that's mm-hmm. good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get myself together. <laughs> you need tissue. <laughs> I got some. You want me to grab one? I'm okay. Okay, suck it up real quick. <laughs> yeah, but okay. So tears. I mean, certainly, um, I've had lots of client experiences where I'm just, I'm just crying with them because yeah. I mean, what? Yeah. I mean, what can you say or do when you know, say someone's lost a child yeah. or lost a loved one mm-hmm. to suicide? I mean, there's no words that mm-hmm. can fix that. Yeah. And so you just sit with them in their grief, and that's what therapy. A lot of times that's is. Really you're good. just holding people's grief yeah. and trauma and burdens. Well, that was another question I had for you. Like, how do you mm-hmm. handle going? How do you separate? I guess your job. Um, and what you do every day, 
in home life. Because for me, I feel like, well, I'm not a therapist, but I feel like if it were me, I would probably have a hard time leaving it at work. I probably, I feel like I'd be taking it home because I, I feel like stuff like that weighs on me and I think about it a lot. So yeah. you, obviously you have to learn how to shut off that, that switch. Yeah. Um, I mean, certainly we, we learn how to do that and learn it even more as we continue in this field. Um Having our own therapist, I mean, most therapists have their own therapist that they're able to talk to. Um, So that's huge. Mm -hmm. Also, being surrounded, that's why I love that I'm in this group practice with all these amazing people. I could never do this on my own, just individually. Because, yeah, yeah, who do you unload all this stuff with? And although we don't talk client names, of course, because everything's confidential, but you can talk about the case in general terms without giving any PHI, protected health information. So we do. we, We do lots of consultation groups within you know, my field, um, mm-hmm. not just in our practice, but statewide, you know, mm-hmm. you team up with these people and you just, you're able to unload the burdens of what you're carrying. Mm-hmm. Um, because therapists can just like any other helping profession, you know, EMT, police, firefighter, all of them the same. They get the secondary trauma, the vicarious mm-hmm. trauma yeah. from just l- listening or seeing other people's pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that can take a huge toll on people. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know about that. Mm-hmm. I want to share a scripture real quick. It, it was one that stood out to me most, just kind of like in my own situations that I face. But it's um, John 1, 5, and it just says, the, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so for me, it's like darkness could be a number of things, right? Like it could be depression, but it could also be the evil in the world. It could be death. It could be any of these things, you know. And so I think I think a lot of times for people who do struggle with mental health or or depression, anxiety, all of the above, you know, having that scripture and reading, finding scripture, like you said, like, mm-hmm. let's point you here for anxiety or, you know, this and, and reading that scripture. I think having it written down somewhere for myself, like on a mirror or somewhere like that is always good because I can pull that out or just go to it and remind myself of stuff like that. And that was one that stood out to me because there's so much darkness in the world we live mm-hmm. in, but God is light and we can find that light and hope in him. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard because, for, like, I'm sitting here thinking about, too, is, like, a lot of people cannot identify what's going on. And I, for myself, know that I've probably struggled with anxiety for forever. But I never knew that that was really what it was. It was just kind of like I was going through these spouts of feeling anxious. And, um, I mean, I can remember driving in my car and being, like, two minutes late for work and, like, freaking out. Like, oh, my God. Uh, you yeah. know, like, freaking mm-hmm. out. And, and I was just like... Like, yeah, I just didn't know what it was. And then I think it's so big for us to be able to identify what that darkness is, to mm-hmm. be able to step into the light yeah. of, you know, that freedom that we were talking about. And so I like that scripture too. Yeah. yeah. No, that I mean, that's awesome because it really speaks to what do therapists, counselors, what do they do? They're walking with you to help you step into the light, you mm-hmm. know, and who is the light? Yeah, you yeah. Know, um, we know who he is, <laughs> yeah, right? Well, she sheds real light. That was one of our things yeah. too. Is just like bringing shedding light on all the things, and that's another reason we wanted to do this is because mental health. I mean, we've talked here and there about it, but not actually sat down and talked with someone who has that right. background and experience. And I think it's good for people to hear that it is okay. It's mm-hmm. okay, and you will be okay. But mm-hmm. it's okay to seek the help that you need to get okay. You know. Yeah, because everybody is carrying a struggle. I mean, no one walking the earth has, is struggle-free. I mean, right, everybody has right. something, whether it's a... And it doesn't even have to be a mental health diagnosis. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. anxiety is something 
all three of us experience anxiety at one right. time or another during the week, during the month, during the year. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you have an anxiety disorder, right? But, you, but we all experience anxiety at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some anxiety is good, you know, it keeps you from stepping out in traffic because you're like, <laughs> oh, I better not do I mean, it does, it's right? True. Yeah. Some anxiety is good. Yeah. It's just the excessive part is right. when it becomes too much or it's That's controlling good. people yeah. or controlling you. Um, but yeah, I mean, so. Everybody is everybody's carrying a burden. I mean, mm-hmm. we're in a in fallen, imperfect world, yeah. right? And so, uh, some people have physical issues. Some people have mental issues. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just it's just life. <laughs> right. yeah. Is there something that um, you would want to share with someone who is questioning going to a counselor or doing something of that sort? Is there something that you would share with mm-hmm. them that would make them maybe feel better about that or, or not question it anymore. Right. Well, I think definitely be open to mm-hmm. trying. You know, there's nothing wrong with trying. And, you know, some people, they meet with a therapist for the first time and it's not a good fit. Yeah. That's why there's a lot of us out there, you know. And yeah. so if it's not a good fit the first one you meet, try again. Yeah. Um, get a recommendation from a friend or a family. Mm-hmm. Be vulnerable and say to your friend, oh, I think I'm going to find a therapist. And then she or he will probably say, oh, I have one, you know, here's mine. Or yeah. I know somebody I used to, I mean, that happens a lot. Yeah. Um, again, the whole perpetuation of the stigma, like, yeah. don't tell anybody you go to a counselor, yeah. right? right. Um, and so, you know, you're not, you're not crazy. You know, that's the other stigma pieces. Mm-hmm. You're crazy if you go to a counselor mm-hmm. or um, you're this or that. And I mean, that's just nonsense, you know? Um, so, Try, be vulnerable, maybe ask a friend. Um, if it's not a good fit the first time, try again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just really open up and, and see where it takes you. Love yeah. it. So I'm going to read something. It's actually an insert in my Bible. Um, I don't even, let's see. It's the Woman's Study Bible, and it talks about counseling itself, and I thought it was actually really, really good. And it also um, references some scriptures So you could kind of look into those and and see what you obviously get from those as well. But it's called Helping Others Help Themselves. Human beings were created by God with a variety of needs, physical, emotional, intellectual, psychological, and spiritual. These needs God is ready and able to supply, Philippians 4.19. We find His help in prayer, study of Scripture, guidance of the Holy Spirit, and from the counsel of godly and wise individual, whether family, friends, or professionals. God may choose to meet a need through an individual or people helper within an organization or institution or through particular circumstances. When making important or life-changing decisions, we do well to seek counsel from wise, mature Christians, Proverbs eleven fourteen. When life needs are not met in appropriate and effective ways, Mental anguish occurs. When this anguish results in serious disruptions of daily activities or damage to relationships, counseling is necessary. To seek biblical counseling is often helpful and should not bring shame or embarrassment. Christian counseling provides the individual with healing, integration, balance, and wholeness through a variety of methods, but is always marked by reliance on the Lord as the great physician. Jesus assured his followers of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the helper, the resident counselor for every believer, John 16, 13. 
I read that and it just kind of clarifies like it is okay you know so if you're questioning Mm -hmm. should I seek counseling Um, maybe is something bothering me or maybe you've been through trauma like you said Mm -hmm. and you've never really walked through it and you're still just holding on to it and it does cause disruption in relationships absolutely so um, I kind of we just wanted to clarify today with you um, that it's okay like it's okay to have Jesus in a therapist too (laughs) amen sister Um, well, thank you so much for being here yes, with us. We have enjoyed it. I'm glad yes. you invited me. Thanks. Thank you. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.